Hi guys, I am Mamelo Suwane, the host of Never Been Normal podcast. In this show, we talk about faith, money, success, dating, philosophy, and the teachings of the Catholic Church, and anything that goes into my mind. I am a 24-year-old Catholic woman, leading my life first as a follower of Christ, a daughter, a sister, and a friend of many. I was born and raised a Catholic, but I became a Catholic by choice when I was a junior in high school. I started learning about God and the Catholic tradition, and hence they have been the guiding factor on how I live my life. Kindly subscribe to my podcast and turn on your post notifications so that you can be notified whenever I upload a new podcast. I upload a new episode every Wednesday and Saturday. Follow me on all my social media platforms at Mameloswani. You can also follow me on my Instagram account, my Catholic Animateness, where I exclusively upload Catholic content. Thank you for tuning in. Hi. I don't know how to start this podcast. Because I wasn't playing on recording. It's Saturday today, the 14th of May, 2022, and I just came back home from Fatima. I just spent over eight hours praying, praying the rosary, going to confession, attending the Holy Mass, praying different kinds of prayers that we Catholics pray. And it's been a long day. Uh, usually, I would be sleeping right now. But I have been sleeping on the way to Fatima and from Fatima. Here's the thing. I didn't drink coffee today. So, I forgot to drink coffee in the morning. And I departed from my home like so early. And... I remembered when I was waiting for the bus that I didn't drink coffee. So I bought a Red Bull, but I was still tired. So I slept on the way to Fatima while still praying. I can do both. We prayed and when we were almost near, the prayers were ended. And I slept for like 30 to 45 minutes. And on the way back, I slept again, but it wasn't. A restful sleep on the way back. I was being interrupted so many times. So I wasn't able to get the most comfortable sleep. But now I'm not sleepy. Usually I, when I come back from Fatima, all I, all I do is go to bed. I don't even eat, bathe or do anything. I just go to bed. But um, today I sat down in the living room and was on the heater for almost an hour i washed the dishes i made myself a cup of coffee and it's 9 p.m right now also i want to watch this movie on netflix that's just been released uh, an hour ago but i do not have data and i want to buy an night shift data at 10 o'clock so that i can watch that movie so you see, this is so for this one hour, I don't know what to do. So I'm like, I might as well record a podcast because I already missed 
three uploads which i don't regret missing because i know i said i don't want to miss any upload but i was busy and i was tired and i'm a human being so sometimes other things cannot be prioritized over others i'm young and i have a life i need to have a life i don't have a life i need to have a life but the life i currently have is overwhelming so i cannot do things the way i want to do them but i'm recording the podcast today and i'm going to upload it and just after recording it i'll be watching my movie on netflix with my night shift internet because i'm one of those people who are why is this intro so long like people are going to be listening to it and are like when can we get into the topic of today you're boring and you are saying all this useless unnecessary stuff that you are not interested in can you just get a grip and deal with yourself and i'm still continuing and it's still part of the intro so i'm annoying i know can we uh say a little prayer before we enter into today's podcast in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen our father in heaven may your holy name be honored may your kingdom come may your will be done and never as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as you forgive others the trespasses they have made to us do not bring us to the test but keep us safe from the evil one amen in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit amen so today we are going to talk about sin and everything that belongs to sin sin like sinning sin doing wrong and i thought that this topic is close to my heart because like i always tell you guys i go to church i serve the lord but i'm also a sinner so um it's nothing hidden there. I don't go to church and I don't serve the Lord because I am holy. I go to church and I serve the Lord because I want to be holy. I'm currently a sinner who wants to be holy. So you know what I mean. Uh, this is why I serve the Lord. So sin, talking about sin, is like very important to me because first of all, I'm preaching to you not to commit sin. And I'm also preaching to myself not to to commit sin. Uh, anyway, what is sin? Sin is an immoral act considered to be uh, against the divine law. And what is the divine law? Divine law is any body of law that is perceived to come directly from God as opposed to man-made law or to secular law. So sin is anything that is done against the divine law and i just explain what a divine law is so in my own opinion i'll say a divine law is a really law uh that all the man-made judiciary laws are under it of course some of the man-made laws are against or they are kind of 
less strict than the divine law, but the man-made law is supposed to reflect on a divine law. So anything that you do that is against the divine law is, is a sin. And the Catholic Church, which in this podcast you're going to hear about a lot, teaches us that there are two types of sin, which are number one, an immortal sin, and number two, a venial sin, which is a small sin. So immortal sins are all the sins that are uh, imperial to one's souls. Um, in my own language, so, so to, if I translate what we call an immortal sin, I would say it's a sin that kills a body and soul. In English, it's kind of short and not very self-explanatory, but when I translate it from um, Susutu, uh, uh, I would say it's a sin that kills both body and soul. Uh, For an immortal sin to be viable, there are supposed to be three conditions that take place. Number one, it's a grave matter. Uh, the act itself should be evil or immoral. Like, for it to be an immortal sin, whatever act you have done should really be evil or immoral. Uh, number two condition, full knowledge. Uh, you know that you are, are committing that sin and you are aware that it's an immoral act. Uh, and number three condition is the deli- deliberate consent, uh, the free will to commit that sin. So you are committing a bad thing, you know it's a bad thing, and you are doing it deliberately. So those three conditions are the ones that make any sin to be immortal. Lying can be an immortal sin. You know it's a bad thing to lie. You are aware that it's a bad thing. And there's a full uh, consent from you that actually I am going to lie. And that in itself contributes as an immortal sin. An immortal sin is a complete turning away from God and embracing something else in place. It's deadly to the life of grace because it insults the honor of God and injures the soul of a sinner. It's scary what is considered as an immortal sin. It doesn't matter how small it is, but yeah, like I don't care what God says. I'm turning away from him and I'm embracing something else. I'm actually doing this. And you doing that actually deprives you from the life of Christ because you are insulting the honor of God. Who does not want you to do that act? And if therefore you uh, injure your own soul or the souls of other people,
Hence, it's an immortal sin. You kill your soul, you kill your conscience by choosing to do this thing. Hence, it is a immortal sin. Uh, the number two type of sin is a venial sin or a small sin. And these are those sins that um, meet one of the two conditions needed for a mortal sin, but do not fulfill all three at the same time. So uh, there are three conditions, as I mentioned above, of that, that, that what, that are supposed to appear to, in order for a sin to be mortal. But if only two of them or one of them is in place, then uh, the sin is not mortal. It's actually venial sin. Uh, let me make an example. Um, you kill someone. You know very well that killing that someone, okay, the act of killing on its own is deadly, it's wrong, it's, immor it's immoral, it's against the will and the law of God. You have a full knowledge that that thing is actually really, really bad. But you do not have a deliberate consent of killing that person. There is no free will from you that I'm going to kill this person. You kill this person because... Maybe it's a self-defense. Therefore, you're not deliberately killing them. But you have committed a sin. As big as it is, it is not considered mortal. You have killed a body and somebody's soul. But it is not mortal. Because you didn't intend to do that. You only did that only to defend yourself from that person uh, people always say that sin is sin and sin is all equal but that is not the truth sin is not equal and sin can vary from not from deadliness um, the main the main element that contributes for a sin to be mortal or venial is the intent, the consent, the will. That is one of the major factors for a sin to be mortal or immortal. If it is your will to commit that sin, no matter how small it is, then it is mortal, it is deadly. But if you did not intend to commit that sin, no matter how big it is, then that sin is considered venial. So you understand the difference. If you lie and you know that you are lying, that is an immortal, that is a mortal sin. But if you kill someone and you are not intending to kill that particular individual, then that is a venial sin. Someone who lied intentionally will go to hell, but you who killed someone not intentionally, you will be saved. Understand what I mean? So that is the difference between mortal and venial sin. And the church teaches us that there are seven deadly sins. <sighs> oh my goodness. And I believe that all of us are guilty of over two of these sins. All of them. 
in case of others. And number one is pride. Number two is creed. Number three is lust. Number four is envy. Number five is plutony or drunkenness. Number six is wrath or anger. Number seven is uh, sloth or laziness. Uh, since the majority of the listeners of this podcast are Basoto, I'm going to mention all the sins in Sesotho. Number one, be Hanzo. Number two, Monyolo. Number three, Bushola. Number four, uh, Envy. Mona. Number five, I don't know what is number five and Sesotho. Transness. I don't know how it's different from Monyolo. Uh, number six, Bohali, and number seven, Boza. So, here's the thing all these things are bad, but the one that I am very, very guilty of is number seven, laziness. I don't know if I'll consider myself lazy. Yes, I'm, I don't want to do certain things. Well, I think I'm defending myself right now, which is what I always do. Um, what I'm trying to say is that I don't, I, I'm not very good at things that are done using your physical energy. I'm very good at using my hands on the computer and my brain to think, and that can be very tiring. You know what I mean? But when it comes to things like cleaning the house, uh, doing the laundry cooking i'm not very good at them i don't want to do them I'm, i just want to lay down because i'm tired because i i'm from work but when it comes to things that i am very passionate about like my job which i'm not passionate about anymore <laughs> i can work over 12 hours non-stop and i'll still be fine i'll be tired but i'll still be okay but when it comes to physical things, I can work three hours and I'm done for a day. I don't want to touch anything else. So you know what I mean? I feel like since uh, people of my culture perceives doing work as using your physical energy, then for some of us who are not very good at using our physical energy, we are considered lazy. So if that's it, and if that is actually laziness, I am guilty of a sin of sloth. But I'm, I'll change it. I, I promise I'll change it. I I don't want. <laughs> I don't. I I hate sin. Okay. Um. Let's move on. Guilt and regret. Um. Uh, since everyone of us is built with a moral sense of right and wrong, which is conscience. Um, after committing a certain sin, it starts to make us feel uncomfortable and guilty and very shitty about ourselves. And trust me, this not, does not happen to Christians only. Um, I said every one of us 
is built with a moral sense of right and wrong. Every single individual person, when they were born, they were built in them or with them a sense of conscience. Look at a small child and see them talk or say a bad thing through their mouth. They know very well without even understanding what that word means, but saying it, they know very well that it is bad. Um, I grew up with kids and I know very well what I'm talking about. So you need to believe me. I've experienced on kids. Um, let's make an example. My sister's daughter would say some of the things that are not very good to be said at all. And she would say those things when she's angry, not when she is happy. When she's happy, she's never saying them. But when she's angry, she would say them. And at the age of two, she knew that she was saying something that is wrong. But she was saying it anyway. And she couldn't say it in front of her parents because she knew that she would be crowned. So, yes, everyone is built with conscience in themselves. So after committing a sin, our conscience starts to act against us. Therefore, we feel guilty and we feel regret and it makes us uncomfortable. And being uncomfortable, it's over-suffering. Like, have you ever felt uncomfortable? It leads to suffering. Your heart becomes heavy. You become scared that people will find out and you lack peace of mind. That may lead to anxiety issues. Then afterwards, you try to even find some coping mechanisms in order to run away from your guilt. And these coping mechanisms at the end of the day may lead you to more sin. And more sin will lead you to more sin. And you only feel even shittier about yourself than before. So you understand. And you become a horrible person because your sin is heavy in your heart. Guilt is killing you. Either you have committed this sin against someone or you have committed it against yourself. It will destroy you. I know very well what I'm talking about. <laughs> Trust me, I know. Sin makes me sweat. It makes me uncomfortable. I do not have peace of mind when I have sinned. Until I go to confession. Which is our next slide. We're going to talk about confession. If there is a greatest gift a Catholic church has given us, and our Lord Jesus Christ, before he went to heaven, gave us through his disciples his confession.
the sacrament of reparation. You remember on his ascension day, Jesus said to his uh, disciples, apostles, go around the world and preach about the good news of God. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Those that, those whom you forgive, they will be forgiven. Those whom you will not forgive, they will not be forgiven. And him saying that he himself was forming or creating the sacrament of confession. He said his disciples should be in a position to forgive and to not forgive people. So the disciples or the the what? Those people that took the chairs of the disciples at the current moment are the priest, the pope is the pope, the cardinals, the bishops, and the priest. So those people are the ones that are in the position of apostles, and it is them that. It is to them that Jesus said, those whom you will forgive will be forgiven, and those to whom you will not forgive, they will not be forgiven. Um, the sacrament of confession or reparation did not end only when the apostles died. It had to be passed on to other people, and those people whom cho- who, who chose to serve the Lord in the church are the priests and the Pope and the cardinals and the bishops. So, yeah. A sacrament of confession is a place where you go to tell or to confess your sins in a hope of being forgiven. So this is what happens with us in the Catholic Church. For those of you who are not Catholics and they do not know what a sacrament of confession is, you go to the confession room, which can happen anywhere, face to face, or the priest does not look into your eyes, or he's in another room and you are confessing through a class or something that is translucent and you are telling him all you have committed and you are asking for forgiveness. So the church believes that the priest is in the standing of our Lord Jesus Christ as a high priest. They are not themselves, but they are standing in the place of Christ. So they listen to your sins and they explain them to you and why you have committed them if the the explanation is needed or they just tell you that it is a praise 
thing you did by humbling yourself to the point of confession because it can be very hard and it's a very humbling experience for an individual and they'll tell you to make a sign of reparation and afterwards they tell you that your sins are forgiven and they give you a penance to do so that your sins can all be all be forgiven but you depart from the confessional room with all your sins forgiven not all sins can be forgiven by a priest let's make an example an abortion sin other priests are limited to be forgiven that kind of a sin especially in our country uh, that sin can be forgiven by certain selected priests or if no priest is being anointed to forgive that sin it will only be forgiven by a bishop or if not by a bishop it can only be forgiven by a pope so you need to make missions to go to vatican city in rome and let the pope hear your confession so that he can forgive you so one another thing that we need to understand is that priests are human beings of course but whenever they go into the confessional room they untress of their humanity and dresses up in the lord jesus christ i don't know if that's clear but i cannot explain it any more because i don't know what i'll be saying if i explain it anymore but a priest separates from his humanity his being human and takes a form of our lord jesus christ not literally or even physically but his himself is being taken away from him and how does that get taken away from him the fact that he was anointed and put in a place to forgive sins of course already that person takes part in tending the body and the blood of Jesus Christ in the sacrament of the Eucharist every day at the mass and he is in the standing of our Lord Jesus Christ so also in the confessional he becomes into the standing of our Lord Jesus Christ and he lets himself go or even God lets himself him go so here's a thing that most of us are scared whenever we need to go to confession we understand that priests are human beings so they are going to hear our sins and the next minute is that they are going to judge us but that is not the case go to confession today and come back tomorrow 
and ask the priest, what are my sins that I confessed yesterday? Trust me, they are not going to even know. Because they are not them theirs to keep. Your sins are not theirs to keep. All they need to do is to forgive you from them. And after that, afterwards, they let go. Same way as our Lord Jesus Christ, whenever you go to confession and you confess your sins, he forgives them and he even forgets them. I remember I was listening to this other talk one other time. I don't remember where, but I know it's from YouTube, but I don't remember who was saying and what topic I was listening to, but I just listened to so many things, so I cannot keep track. But the guy was telling us that he that, well, he was telling the story of someone who who was urged to go to who whom uh, Jesus appeared to him and he was urged to go for confessional and he went to confessional and he wasn't sure if his sins were forgiven and he told the priest that you know Jesus told me that I should go to confessional and I'm not even sure I don't feel like I'm forgiven so the priest asked that person to demand from Jesus what are my sins that I confessed yesterday? And Jesus was like, I don't know. I don't. It's not. Maybe it's not even a true story. The priest was just. Oh, that person was just making a story, making up a story. But he was making up a story, trying to emphasize that whenever you go to confessional, your sins are forgiven and they are forgotten. No one can hold anybody's sins in their heart or in their minds their sins are already heavy on them when we talk about priests and they have a lot of people in their congregation to be in a position to track each and every one of them's sins and try to perfect their life and the life of their congregation too so if ever you feel like you fear going to confessional, know that nobody cares about your sins. Of course, we care that you should not commit them again. But if you have committed them and you are confessing them, then they will be forgiven and they will not be kept anyway. And should a priest do anything that makes you uncomfortable or make you feel like He's keeping your sins or let's say they are because now we have technology. Let's say that when you're in the confessional, the priest records your sins because those are the cases that have happened or took place before. You have the right to report that priest and they will be taken away from priesthood immediately. Well, they are priests forever, but they'll be denied the rights to hearing confessionals ever again i'm saying all this not because i i don't have a problem with going to confession i do have a problem with going to confession especially confessing to my spiritual director i hate confessing to someone who knows me very well i have a problem with that 
And I know that it is wrong for someone who's a Christian to have a problem with confessing to someone who they love, they, they actually love them. Because my priests love me. They know me. I reveal to them my deepest secrets. But when it comes to me telling them my sins, I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> Nada. Uh-uh. I feel so uncomfortable. Well, I do them. I do confess because at the end of the day, I still need to confess. Otherwise, I'll be running away from the state of craze. But it takes courage for me to actually decide I really need this confession. I know that I need it, but I'm like, now I need it more. I remember last Sunday in the mass, I was attending mass as normal, as always. Oh, before last Sunday, the last time I went to, before today, or before last Sunday, the last time I went to confessional was in December, and it wasn't a very good confessional in my own opinion. I felt even guiltier when coming out of that confessional. So I took a longer period of time to go to confession again. So from December to May, five months. And five months is a very long period for someone to not be going to confession and still committing sins. So last Sunday, uh, the priest, the normal priest was there. And I was in the mass as usual, singing the mass, praying, learning about the word of God and all those sort of things. But in my heart, my heart was so heavy, guys. Like, it was super heavy. I couldn't take it anymore. I could not, like, all I wanted was the mass to end so that I can go to confession. And I didn't even care if the priest knows me very very well. I needed to go. And I went. And that was the best confession ever. Well, one of the best confessions I ever taken. And the moment I departed out of that confessional room, my heart was so light. I felt so good. I felt like I I have a live a, a weight has been uplifted from my shoulders. You know what I mean? And I did confess those big sins that I, I myself, in my own opinion, and in my own life, I would consider as big sins. Someone may say those aren't even sins. But for me, they are mortal sins. So I confessed them and I confessed others. But then during the week, I was remembering sins and sins that I committed and I did not confess. So today at Fatima, I got lucky. I didn't get lucky. I decided to go to confession. That's not lucky. I decided to go to confession. So I went to confession and confessed all those that uh, were left and the ones that I committed during the week. So everything was all good. And... Each time I come from confession, I'm always putting a smile on my face. And before I go to the confessional room, I'm always 
so gloomy and so scared and so afraid to be judged and to actually tell someone my sins, which are very, very private and I'll not even tell to my best friend. Girl, I know you're listening to this podcast. I'm never going to tell you my sins. Well, I'm not going to commit them again because I don't have... The, well, let me now say I'm not going to commit them. Um, since I have already confessed them, they are not sins anymore. But I wouldn't tell you. I wouldn't tell my sister and my best friends with my sister. I wouldn't tell anyone. You, you see? And the fact that they were secrets. They were heavy on my chest. So I needed to release them out of me. And there is this one person whom the church has chosen for me to go to him. To let him take the burden of my sins. And I confessed them and it feels so good. Like before you go to confession you are scared and you're not even sure if you want to go. But you know that your sins are heavy on you and therefore you need to go and afterwards after confessional you're like why was i even scared of going to confession because this is the best thing that has happened to me and that will ever happen to me in the future you know what i mean so sin is very big sin is a wound but confession is a medication for that wound. It's like bandaging it and healing it. Within few seconds or a few minutes that you go to confessional in. In my own opinion, take every opportunity that you get to go to confession. Even if you go to confession on a daily basis, and confessional rooms are not even made for sins only. But for sins, even if you go to confession on a daily basis, no one will blame you. Because at the end of the day, the work of the church is to make sure that they take you to heaven. And part of going to heaven is through your sins being forgiven. And if your sins are not forgiven, that means you will not go to heaven. You go to hell or you go to purgatory. But if your sins are forgiven, you know very well that I'm actually going to heaven. And it feels good. So, yeah. I am scared of going to confession. But I would advise you to take any opportunity you had, you have, to actually do go to confession. Uh, for someone who is civil and is a real Catholic, they'll let themselves be in a position to go to confessional every three weeks or every two weeks for the purpose of being closer to the grace of, of God because going to confessional on a daily basis is not even practical in our real life. It can happen, but it's not practical. So make sure that a month does not pass by without confessing your sins to the Lord and letting him know how sorry you are and being in a position to bear the consequences of, of your actions. 
I am tired and I feel sleepy and I not I'm not even sure if I'm going to watch that movie that I told you guys that I'm gonna watch. But this is not all. I need I still need to talk about penance. Uh which is when the priests tell you that after confessing the sins they'll tell you that your penance is to do three Hail Marys or to complete a whole rosary or to return whatever you have stolen if ever you 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 confessed a sin of stealing or anything but at the end of the day penance is very important let me say this as fast as I can penance is very important because you are making reparations for the sins you have committed so in order to actually say I am truly really sorry about the sins that I committed, that means that you need to make reparation for them and own them up. And yeah, but anyway, guys, I feel like I'm going to rumble a long time. So this is going to be it for today's podcast. I love you all and have a good time. Bye.